As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey kids, back in January, we had the opportunity to interview Tamara Pierce herself. And we are very excited to bring you that interview today. What you'll hear in this episode is our interview and then a short debrief we had amongst ourselves, which mostly involved a lot of squealing. Thank you to everyone who suggested questions. We hope you get to hear them here. A warning that one part might lack a bit of context because she showed us her tattoos, and there might be swearing. I honestly don't remember. Enjoy. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we are interviewing Tamara Pierce. Ah! Obligatory fangirl screaming. Um, so grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or a drink of choice. And let's meet our heroes. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, whatever time it is, wherever you are. It is uh, 11 o'clock. It's, it's yeah. 11 here. Yeah, it is <laughs> noon here. Oh, what's up? All right. So uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves or something. We didn't plan this part. We're not we good at this. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're, we're the Reading Circle Temple podcast. Uh, my name's Molly. And I started reading your Circle of Magic books when I was a kid and fell madly in love with them. And then I uh, roped these four, these three in to podcast with me. Cool. I'm Indy. Uh, I also read uh, the Emblem series when I was a lot younger. Just absolutely loved the world building and how everything went. And it's awesome to be here. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brittany. I have not ever read your series until now. Um, Molly was like, hey, I want to do a podcast, so you should join me. I was like, okay. And we're to the Will of the Empress uh, now. And I got to say, so far, they're really good. I really enjoy them so far. Yeah, and I'm Goodwin. Um, I got chained to a desk and forced to be here. Uh, <laughs> No, I kid, I kid. Um, 
but yeah, I was invited to join in uh, after season one, and I'm I'm loving the book so far. I wish I had read them when I was younger, Thanks. but uh, I'm I'm enjoying the ride. Cool. Yeah, having kids now, I can't wait till they get a little bit older so they can uh, read the books as well. Because I really wish I would have read them as a yes. child. Because they're really good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you know me. I'm Tammy. I remain Tammy. Please call me Tammy. Anything else makes me nervous. I'm, you know, edgy. Um, anything you want to ask, I will answer you honestly. But not because I'm a good person. I'm not. What I am is a lousy liar. So whatever you ask me, no matter how personal, no matter what, I will answer you honestly, but not because I'm good, but because I will get caught. It was the fate of my childhood life. I could not lie to save my soul. I was always caught. Whatever you want, I will answer you honestly. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Thank you. No fear. <laughs> well, the first thing we want to know is uh, what authors or book series influenced you to be a writer or in your writing? Lloyd Alexander, I think most everybody has heard of. But there was a woman, Gladys Malvern, whom I started reading, I think, about in fifth grade. And Malvern wrote mostly historical stories about um, famous women or women who were powerful and in the ancient world, which had a real major effect on me. I mean, Mark Twain was also a humongous factor in uh, my growing older, the Robin Hood stories that my dad introduced me to. Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan books, Mark Twain especially. I keep coming back to him. But also for girls of my age and my period, Louisa May Alcott. I don't think people really give her the credit for establishing strong female characters working in their worlds who nevertheless affected change. And all of these people were powerful. And then, of course, I hit Edgar Rice Burroughs and J.R.R. Tolkien and was off to the races. And that was in middle grade, I think. Since you mentioned Mark Twain, I have to ask, have you read Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc? Yes. Years and years ago, a long time ago, but I loved her voice. He really was good at writing women. He's not given the credit for it, but he was wonderful. I started it years ago and didn't have a chance to finish, but I'm it's on my list to reread. But I, she's just so funny, and it's yeah. such a great read. Yeah, yeah. He formed a lot of the way I looked at writing kids in particular, but also just straight stories. The Connecticut Yankee is, I think, the top of my list ever. What is your interesting writing quirk? And writing. Yeah, well, while writing a story, did you ever do anything to keep yourself entertained or like to distract yourself? Any oh. any little rituals or 
it all has to be entertaining or entertaining for me or I get bored real fast. Um, I have to amuse myself first. And I am lucky enough to have found an audience that has the same taste in humor, in adventure, in character that I do. But I need humor badly. I need action badly. Um, I need to strike on things that bug me about the RL, about real world. Those things and how to unravel them, how to relate to people getting together when they might normally have been enemies or at least non-friends. Those are all things that I value. I started out with female heroes because there just weren't a whole lot of those. I mean, there were strong women, Louisa and Mayalcott being a case in point. But I really wanted to see women, especially as I was coming of age in the late 60s, early 70s, women coming of age in, and power in male, normally designated male populations. And that has always been where I've continued. Um, writing a male hero uh, has been an adventure for me. And adventure being what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. It's not that I have anything against guys. It was just we were so short on females who were out there in the active world doing action things. When I was coming of age and becoming a mature author, author coming to male heroes has been a challenge for me. Yeah. I, I consider them vital characters in anything I do because that's the world. Um, mixed race, mixed sexuality, that's the world we live in. But I started with the female aspect. The Amalon universe is filled with your kind of appreciations of small magics and the power that they can hold. Were there any other like small magics you wanted to explore as ambient magic or maybe some bigger magics for like academic or other storylines that you maybe didn't get to? Always. I'm always coming up with something that I go, ooh, this would be cool. I've been working on, I don't know if anyone's seen Sean Speakman in one of his, in his most recent collection of books by different authors. Uh, published a story of me, mine, from a universe I've been actually working on since the 1980s, set in West Virginia and Southern Pennsylvania and Appalachia about a group of people who came over to this country following 1745 in England and Scotland, who moved into the mountains in that area. And they had a little bit of ability uh, with magic and with creation um, when they came over. And as the years went on and they were living in the mountains and keeping away from the mainstream of American life, uh, they intermarried a lot, hillbillies. 
psychic hillbillies, I call them. <laughs> and for Sean, I did a story based on a couple of uh, other stories that I had done set in that universe in the 1970s. And Speakman's um, collection is a story about two brothers of the one family. And one, his psychic ability is with animals and healing and caring for them and communicating with them. And the other brother, his ability is in finding things. But very, very, very often, he finds things he didn't want to find. Mm -hmm. And this story is about the two of them coming to the rescue of uh, the new sheriff's daughter who was knocked off a cliff by a guy who had taken her out. And so that story is in print these days in Sean uh, Speakman's most recent collection. Very cool. I will have to find that. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he would like me to do more. So, And it's not like I don't have ideas. Because I've been working with these characters. I In the early 80s, I ended up with a group of people who were doing radio plays for a local uh, restaurant when we weekend a month. We started our own company, Fullcast Audio. No, that's Bruce Cole's company. Anyway, we started this company that aired these things and they went on to produce on uh, public radio. And I was their um, head editor for a while. So I started writing these books about these hillbillies and um, published there first. So that was fun. That was what led me into getting when I um, met Bruce Coville, who had been doing audiobooks for children's and teen writers for years and years. We got to be friends. And I started, um, he started publishing my books, particularly The Circle of Magic, in uh, audio form. But also, uh, I did a couple of books that were just straight for him. Does that make sense at all? Remotely? Oh, yeah. Yes, it yeah. makes sense. I've been up since way early, so I have no way of telling. No, I actually read a couple of Bruce Coville's books as a young person yeah. as well. And it wasn't until like I found like full cast audio and all yeah. the audio books of the Circle of Magic that I was like, hey, wait, I know this author too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, he ran into me. We got to be friends when I was still with the radio company. And he found out I was helping my audiobooks uh, publishers record my stuff because I had so much experience with audio production. And we got to talking and I got to listening to their books. And he started doing my books in audio. And uh, one of them, I actually published first as the audiobook before it was one of the Circle of Magic books. Melting Stones. Um, yeah. Uh, Joe, Bruce and I recorded that before it was published as a snail book because they were taking too long in the snail book. <laughs> I was so happy to do it because I was, he not only got me to do the audio versions of my books as narrator, but also to help him produce 
and choose actors and help him um, with the recordings of my own books. Do you have any advice for someone that is uh, doing full audio uh, book? Read it aloud yourself. If you are doing multiple reader books, get a good company, people that you've tried and found tested and true. To, it won't always be perfect the first reading, but if you practice, if you rehearse beforehand, if you have a good director, somebody who knows the sound business, uh, if you have people who can record, who can catch mistakes en route, but also your actors, if they are compatible, if they fit the characters, if they know how to pace the characters. We always did one or two rehearsals before we even got into the studio. And then when we recorded, everybody was standing. You get a lot more energy from recording audio by standing than you do when everybody's sitting. I mean, it's okay to rehearse when you're sitting because you're squinting at the manuscript. But when you finally get to record, that energy you get from standing up and being able to look at each other really helps a great deal. And, and rehearsal is vital. You can't do it cold. No matter how good the story is, no matter how good the actors are, no matter how good the director is or the people in recording, you have to rehearse. Does that help? Oh, yes. Yeah. It Very also helps if you always have fun when you're doing it, when you take breaks, because it doesn't seem that way, but it's very tiring to do that much acting. Is even if you're sitting down, and we were always standing up, Mm -hmm. Uh, except during rehearsals. But when we were actually recording, we stood before the microphone and taking breaks. Those things help revive your energy and help keep you going. Does that help? It does. I, yeah. think, yeah. I think it does, yeah. yeah. I, I, like I say, I started with the radio company in the 80s, and I have always, always, always loved audio recording. So I like to see it done, and I like to see it done well by people who are really into it. Mm-hmm. If you go through Bruce, Bruce's uh, backlog of books he's recording, you can see all the different interpretations, all the different styles of acting. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's great for a long, audio, long, long drives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bruce and I spent a lot of time going from here in Syracuse to Boston for the Boston Science Fiction Convention. So we listened to a lot of audio stuff. (laughs) Which of your protagonists do you think you would have related to most as a kid? Who I would have related to most as a kid? Um, Well, Alana. I mean, she was my first and she was who I wanted to be, even though I could never be as athletic or as attitudinal as she was. But um, in the long-term trips, mm-hmm. in, in the Circle of Magic books, because Tris is, well, me. <laughs> uh, attitudinal and all. 
And a reader. And a reader. Mm -hmm. And she goes on to university. I hope someday I get to finish that one. Us too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you still relate to her as an adult? Oh, yeah. Or who do, or oh, do yeah. you uh, relate to another character as well as an adult? Well, I have to relate to all of them to some extent, male, female, young, old. I wouldn't have come up with them in the first place unless it's like a one or two liner that mm -hmm. I fit in to fit in with a real world um, setting. Mm -hmm. But I have to have some degree of identification with all of them or I never would have come up with them and I never would put them on the pathway. Even someone like Iram, even someone like um, Iram's teachers, um, the Lord Provost, people like that. I have to have some degree of connection there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't come up with them and I couldn't write them in a way that people would believe them. Yeah. Which is the important thing. It's not whether they are me or not. It's whether the readers believe them. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us what Sandry's medallion looks like? We've seen all the other kids' uh, medallions, but we never get to see Sandry's. <laughs> I think it's just I don't remember it's been a long time mm -hmm. no it's four plants four plants the semicircle I'm pretty sure that's it um, oh yeah that's uh, Mr. Fear there mm -hmm. um, he's, a, he's an old friend of mine he was uh, cool that's really cool that's cool yeah he makes me happy. <laughs> I got him, uh, I got the idea from a couple of pictures that I'd seen online and a friend did him up for me so I would, he would make me happy. That's awesome. <laughs> I like tattoos. I have, I have more. Well, oh, wow. Oh. Cat paw prints because cats walk all over me. The feminist uh, symbol from the 70s. More cats. cats. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about oh, the cats. Oh, we may as well see the others. Oh, wow. Birds walk all over me and the journey from birth to death to uh, ignorance to knowledge. Very cool. Oh, wow. That's all I have because I won't, I never got any cats that I couldn't look at regularly myself. That's very fair. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I can't see. Yeah, that's, that's a very fair statement. <laughs> well, you know, you get these things to remind you of stuff, to remind you of your ideals, to remind you of where you've fallen down. Um, Birds mean all kinds of things to me, so I can just look at it and think of different things. Oh, I did, did I show you where to go. Okay. Ooh, what? the, feather, the feather of truth from Egyptian mythology. Oh. Very nice. important to me for years and years. I first uh, read about it in a book when I was in sixth grade and looked everywhere until I could see what it looked like. Because the idea that the God will balance your soul 
against mm -hmm. the feather and if the feather sinks there you go mm -hmm. and if it rises then you go on to paradise mm -hmm. and the idea in sixth grade just fascinated me still does i think we might only have time for one more question okay <laughs> so molly would you like to ask <laughs> yeah sure um are you a time traveler? I Are you a time traveler? Nope. Wish I was. <laughs> um, there was this television program in the 60s called Time Travel, which I watched religiously, and my dad was into historical fiction a lot. So I, I would love that. But on the other hand, there are hazards. We started this podcast right before the pandemic began. Mm -hmm. And then Andy and I were like, oh my goodness, we're like going to be reading about this year. So like the reading the first circle of the first four circle of magic books felt very much like reading about living in 2020. Yeah. And we keep finding all of these like real world connections in the books that we're reading. Yeah, we were just like, uh, uh, Tammy must be a time traveler or or a prophet or something. <laughs> I just, she knew this was coming. I've just been, for, since I was a little kid, interested in different periods of time and for diff different, different periods in culture and countries, uh, the progress that nations took, the progress that women and men took, that children took. Um, that growth thing, I think it started with Louisa May Alcott and Mark Twain when I was very little, but also the the various uh, books of mythology and legends that my parents got for me. I think all influenced me just to look everywhere to see what went on, how people dealt with stuff, um, how people dealt with one another, and where they could go from there. Very cool. It's really cool. Thank it you. was incredibly exciting to be able to meet you and talk to you. Thank yes, you. Thank absolutely. You. Just a dream come true. If I can just fangirl for a moment, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's great fun for me too. It gets my mind stirring and going forward and thinking. So yes, this is splendid. I love it. We're glad to hear it. Last minute things you can think of. I think Molly had another question for you. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten really interested in how fantasy fiction in particular is impacted by the religions of the authors who write it. So mm -hmm. I was curious if you identify with a specific religion or not. No. Um, when I was little, um, my family was very much Scots Presbyterian. And when I was about seven or so, my mother got tired of fighting with me to go to Sunday school and stopped nagging. And I tried a number of different um, religions in the years after that, mostly Christian variants. I The one I'm still fondest of, of is the Quaker beliefs. Uh, I found those to be very comfortable 
very relaxing, especially the meeting that I was in in middle school. I mean, the Quakers have always been super political, but this group even more so. It was the early 70s. They were very anti-war, and it was a small group and very political. And I felt myself most at home there, that I've tried a number of varieties of faiths and finally settled on paganism, especially goddess worship, because that's where I felt the most comfortable. But it is very much solitary goddess worship, Mm -hmm. Um, just dealing with nature, dealing with animals, dealing with humans, uh, survival. Beyond that, I trust in the gods to look after me. Because there's just so much there that you could tie yourself in knots in faiths and religions, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> deciding which way you'll go, what you believe, and what you will follow. And as long as I feel I remain true to human nature, true to kindness, true to thought, um, true to imagination, true to the world, the planets, the environment, animals. I think that whatever happens at the end, the gods will take mercy on me because I have done my best to be fair. And that's all I think anybody can ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To just do the right thing as far as you see it be as tolerant as far as you see it and be as kind as far as you see it. Yeah. That's great. The world is such a hard place. It really is. We don't need to help it. Yeah. (laughs) We can help it do better, but we can also help it by being kind. Yeah. I... I would hazard to say that I feel that comes across in your books. Yeah. Um, And I know I've been in online like fandom communities where people have said similar things of like, oh, well, the reason the people in this community are so nice is because they grew up reading Tamara Pierce books and they (laughs) learned that like sort of kindness from the reading those books. So. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I don't think any of us can articulate how amazing this experience has been to be able to talk to you. Um, Well, it works both ways, as I think you can see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Be healthy, be creative. Stay Thank out you. of trouble. <laughs> we'll try. I can't Thank promise you. that. <laughs> 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 you can tell I was a house mother for wayward teenagers, can't you? <laughs> Seriously. Thank you all so much for such a wonderful experience. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for. Thank you. Oh. Please leave with you.
a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, so we just met Tamara Pierce. OMG. Uh, let's talk about this because we're all still shaking. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. We made her cry, y'all. That's okay. She made me cry too. So <laughs> just just for reference, it was a good cry. Yes. Good cry. good cry. It was a very good cry. Jeez. I that feel was... like we could have talked to her forever. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I looked down and I like when I said I we only have time for about one more question, I was like, how it's only been like two minutes. What we only asked it? like four questions. <laughs> Hold on, y'all. I gotta I gotta rehydrate, replace tears. Replace the tears. <laughs> Molly, you were worried about meeting your hero. What what did what do you think? She was lovely and amazing and 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 <laughs> whoever said don't I meet love your this heroes. Woman. <laughs> yeah, whoever said don't meet your heroes had shitty heroes. She's awesome. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh oh, Tara goodness. Pierce is a great hero to have, and we recommend you meeting her if you have the chance. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Delight. Oh. Oh my gosh. I just keep I'm shaking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish she was my grandma. She seems like she has so many stories to tell. And I just want to listen to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It was just at one point I was just sitting here with like this this dopey little grin just listening because like I wasn't expecting to see all her tattoos. I was gonna that say was I really love that cool. she has tattoos. I knew really she cool. had a couple. I didn't know she had that many. That's amazing. I love I love the paw prints and, and the bird feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the feather, and and now I know now now I uh, know about her religious beliefs and can include it in my dissertation. <laughs> Yay! She does have a Patreon, mm-hmm. FYI, mm-hmm. and it's like two dollars a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. The top tier and possibly the second tier uh, gets you into like occasional like group chats. With her, oh, so. that's fun. She is very, very cool. Like, yes, she is. She's I, so I chill. I want to be half that cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> when you when you asked and um, she started talking, like half the reason I just kind of like sat here and was like, <laughs> because that is exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> 
do good, be good. Mm-hmm. And at the end mm-hmm. of the world, if there is a God that is good and just. And if there's a God that's not good and just, we don't really care anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. So, holy shit. Yeah. <sighs> well, and like, I wasn't lying when I said I feel like it comes across in her books, especially because like, I know that I've talked on the podcast about how like, you know, you have the the Jewish and Christian divide of how you handle good versus evil. But I feel like, especially in the circle of magic, good versus evil kind of doesn't exist. Right. It's just people are people and like everybody has the capacity for good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have like this almighty villain that's just gonna... Which I love about these books. Uh, yeah. I-, I was gonna say, I know that we've hit on that a lot, that that's what makes her villains good villains right that's right. what that's why ben was a good villain like yeah but he's human good good villain in the archetype sense not necessarily as far as like yeah yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, even baronine we don't really at least i don't really like her i don't know about you guys but you know she's not like voldemort right you know she's not yeah. this flat caricature of look at me i am the epitome of evil um like person yeah we we, i know we've talked about it a lot like as far as her her (laughs) characters always have such depth and they always come across as human and i think that that is another huge thing that ties in kind of with the the concept of be kind to others is that there are people who they have the capability they're just not yeah and that's just how it is sometimes and some stuff has been made apparently clear after that conversation so i'm really glad you got to squeeze that question in Yeah, I was sad that you weren't going to get to ask it. And then she asked if there was any more questions. Like, yes, Molly. Yes, one more, one more, one more. more. (laughs) Well, thanks. What an amazing woman. Old woman cry. (laughs) Yeah. Good job, Molly. Yeah, way to go. You made your hero cry. How do you feel about that? I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I hope that one day I can touch somebody else who gets this excited to meet me and then makes me cry like that. Like, I only aspire to be on the other side of this conversation one day. Um, (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other response I have is this makes me want to, like, get young people reading her books all the more because if that if that is her like personal stance and i was not lying when i said i feel it really comes across in the books like Mm -hmm. this this is this is why people should read her books it it teaches they teach you to be a good person i liked the uh part where she talked about like what she likes in the books what she puts she has to be entertained by it it's like Mm -hmm. when she said she needs action i'm like i need action <laughs> Love it. Briar needs action. On the other side of that, Molly, you can correct me if it's not the case for you, but I, I feel like some of the stuff that she was talking about, like as far as what characters do, like does she relate to, and her saying, "Well, I have to relate to all of them." 
um and that's what makes them real the other like the readers have to feel that they're real and the fact that she's like i have to keep myself entertained if i get bored i'm not gonna finish it i'm like it's me though yes yes (laughs) um i loved what she said about uh character like i i really i have to relate to all the characters on some level because i very very much feel that about um especially the main five but probably other characters as well like in natural magic those five characters i talk a lot about how like they are all autobiographical on some level uh especially since i've decided to convert i've been really digging into like the people asking god the hard questions except the other way around because in a way like i am god right so like how do i respond if if people if like my characters ask me these questions um and it just it makes me think of like god made man in his image i created all of my characters in my image so just saying that too also made me feel a little bit better about like connecting with Yarun and Amory because like I feel like so much connection with these two characters and I was beating myself up over it and then her saying that all her characters uh, reflect her like okay I feel less bad about connecting with these characters now because they're all part of people Um, and I think that goes back also to the whole like uh good versus evil like like there isn't just a these people are good guys and these people are bad guys we all have the capacity to do good things we all have the capacity Mm -hmm. to do bad things and so it makes sense that like she has these complex characters and we can relate to even the characters who don't do great things Um, except for lady zanadia lady zanadia she's she's, she's the only one (laughs) dear tamara pierce do you relate to lady zanadia (laughs) do you who among us hasn't wanted to see a kid fight (laughs) i was going to say who among us has not wanted to murder our significant other (laughs) and then bury their bodies in the garden where no one will find them until like a 14 year old little shithead comes up <laughs> decides to ruin your fucking garden exposing and all I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling briar <laughs> I, I I do remember I don't remember if I cut this out of the episode or not but I do remember an episode where Natalie like gave their theory of this is this is my like Lady Zanadia backstory, and your Lady Zanadia backstory made her very human. I forgot what the fuck I said. <laughs> I forgot what it was too. I remember you saying that this was a backstory, but I forgot. No, what the okay, I remember. Was. I, I think I vaguely remember what it was. It was uh, a, a, a she married into power. And the yeah. husband was like an abusive piece of shit. So mm. one day she's just like fuck your shit, murdered him tossed him in the garden and went oh those make my flowers look really pretty <laughs> well I, and i think related as as i recall like the first two the your story was that the first two murders were accidental yeah like the first mm-hmm. one was the abusive husband and mm-hmm. she's like trying to defend herself or something and and accidentally kills him and like covers it up really quietly because she's freaked out she later remarries 
and has actually a decent relationship with the second husband, but then accidentally kills him and then covers it up and and is like sitting on these two murders going, you know, when's the shoe going to drop? When's the shoe going to drop? And realizes that the shoe isn't going to drop. And kind of like we talked about with the DNRs, like that addiction, she starts to get addicted to this. I can kill people because she has the power and she can get away with it. And especially if she's lived in a society where like, uh, women have less power like it makes sense that she would get addicted to this because we kind of talked about this with Mora Chain also about how she if she had less power growing up then once she got to power she would have used it in a she she may have been inclined to use it in an abusive fashion because like it's the way that she can hang on to it yeah. um yeah like, so even I- even Zanadia and and like we talked about the pirates and we were like, ah, but there are so many reasons for piracy. Like, yeah. Like every every villain we've been able to give at least some small spark of humanity to. So. Yeah. Yeah. She likes her plants. What, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, I do think it I, I'm kinda sad that we didn't get to tell her that we all have black cats. I know it. Cause she is not just a fan of like she's a fan of cats in general, but especially black cats because they don't get enough love. Yeah. You know, we all have like she's cats. posted stuff like on her Tumblr and stuff that's like mm-hmm. black cats. People think that they're they're terrible, but they're really not. I just um, there's there's the the video of the guy with the really really thick Russian accent going. Black cats bring good luck, not bad luck. <laughs> you know, would be really cute cats. if huh? we we have our little four squares or whatever right here. If we each put our cat here to act like they're doing the podcast and then post that as a picture and then tag her in it, like at Tara okay. Pierce. Yeah, our yeah. Four black cats as podcasters. That'd be really cute. OMG, okay. guys. We got to talk to Tamara Pierce. I know. That was awesome. That's exciting. Mm hmm. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I'm just going to give you guys co-host powers so you can oh. record and, and do things, hopefully. I think. Oh, the cause. <laughs> I got up super early, so I'm a little goofy. <laughs> Oh, that's that's us every day. Yes. yes. <laughs> sorry. I'm so very sorry. Oh, don't be.
Okay. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry if I want to be dirty. <laughs>